Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj Kalia. It is Tuesday, October 3rd. Hope you all had a good weekend. Enjoying some of this nice weather. Um, definitely need some nice weather for a little bit. <laughs> Until, you know, get the actual winter to hit. Um, as always, you can find more of me and my episodes on various platforms, including Spotify, Zencaster, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podvine, Stitcher, and many other platforms. So definitely give it a listen if you miss anything so far. Um, with the NFL, um, you know, you can definitely check it out, give a listen some of my takes, my picks, my analysis, and then some. So, in today's episode, I want to get into recapping week four of the NFL season that concluded yesterday night with the Giants and the Seahawks, so I will get into that soon enough, Um, but I want to start my recap by talking about a couple of interesting, surprising results. Um... Definitely week four featured quite a bit of interesting games. We had a couple of close games, a couple a bit uh, upsided, um, a few others, you know, impacted by injuries and whatnot. Um, and then just overall just seeing um, it's only anything two teams left that are undefeated in the NFL, and that would be the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so, interesting to see how long these two teams will continue to be riding a win streak. But I think we are in store for some uh, even better primetime games um, coming up ahead into week five. Um, that should be uh, good to get into and talk about, as always. So, Let's start with the Houston Texans. I did not see the Houston Texans uh, beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. The final score of that game was 30-6. to And CJ Stroud um, has continued to look better and better and look a little bit more impressive, I would say. Um, he looked a lot more impressive uh, in the last few games. And he really played a solid game. For the most part, I mean, you saw the Texans really take it to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Steelers offensively continue to be challenged in terms of explosive plays, getting consistency. Um, and that defense found themselves quite a bit on the field. And what a day it was for CJ Stroud and Nico Collins. I think. The- you know, Collins ended up having two two touchdowns in this game. Um, you saw the Texans get into scoring position quite a bit. Um, and D'Amico Ryan's like identity uh, as a coach and as a defensive coordinator, you're seeing them slowly uh, you know, take form here. Um, I mean, the Steelers had you know, a series of three and outs, you know, a couple of possessions that didn't really end in anything. Um, and for the most part, I mean, it was just a performance where the Texans just beat the Steelers in a lot of different areas. Now, Kenny Pickett, uh, unfortunately, had to leave the, injury, leave the game with an injury in the third quarter. Um, but 
you know, you're not seeing George Pickens uh, be involved as much. You're not seeing this running game. But this offensive line is still uh, is still in, in, in works. It just doesn't seem to be gelling at times, right? They, they looked so good uh, a week ago, right? When they beat the Raiders. Uh, but they just did not get the pressure um, as well. And then because of the time of possession and the, the fatigue factor for Steelers defense, you just saw the Texans kind of wear them down a little bit. You know, the scoring position quite a bit. Um, so, I mean, you also saw Stroud show some, some good progress here and there. And, uh, you know, you look at Stroud, look at Richardson. They've looked a lot better so far than Bryce Young has looked in Carolina. Um, and so, we give Texans credit. You know, they were, they were a team that is young. They're trying to develop a couple of things here. I don't think they'll be 2-2 two and two at this point in the season. Um, but they are playing well good football and Stroud is a big reason for that. Jamico Ryan and uh, his defense is also a reason they kind of turned it around a little bit the last few weeks and have played much better football. The Tennessee Titans um, defeat the Cincinnati Bengals 27-3. This was another result that I did not expect. I thought the Bengals would come in and win this game. And Tennessee Titans just once again, surprise once again, you know, they've had a couple wins this season, right? They beat the Chargers, um, right? And then at home, they've been able to get it done. And their defense was a big reason why um, that they won, especially another reason was why they didn't turn the football over, right? You saw... Ryan Tannehill play a clean game. Uh, didn't make a whole lot of mistakes. Derek Henry had over, over 100 yards rushing, I believe, or close to it. Even threw a touchdown pass in this game. Um, so you just saw the Tennessee Titans play with good pace. Obviously, Hopkins continues to get the ball here and there a little bit. Um, but Tennessee dominated defensively. They got after Joe Burrow's offensive line. Bengals just continue to get off to a slow start, and they just cannot seem to get a rhythm, right? They, you thought they had to return the corner with the with the win last week, right? But they just continue to have problems in pass protection. Joe Burrow continues to look off. He does not look like the same quarterback. Um, whether it's the injury of the calf or what whatnot, uh, he just does not look the same. And maybe he'll turn it around eventually. But they're off to a slow start this season. Because they can't find a rhythm offensively right now. Jamar Chase obviously got the ball a little bit, but he talked about being open all game. And there's a little frustration with the Bengals in terms of, like, you're, you're just not seeing a consistent level uh, that you're used to seeing, right? Now, they, they've started slow in the past, you know, but they've been able to turn it around. Uh, but against, ten, you know, against Tennessee, you know, they run the football perfectly well. You know, you never... We wanted to cover opportunities. Um, you know, like two of nine on third down isn't going to get it done. And Tennessee controlled the controlled, you know, time time possession, the clock a little bit. Um, you know, like Tennessee's defense really showed up and played well. They did not allow too many things. Mike Rabel, you know, was after it. Um, like overall, you just saw a game in which. Uh, 
Tennessee just kind of cleaned up their mistakes, right? They ran the ball. They kept a balance. And I think for Cincinnati right now, their balance offensively um, isn't quite as good as it should be. Um, obviously, you have T. Higgins and Boyd. T. Higgins is obviously in the last year. He's really time to ride. You don't really know if that situation is kind of, you know, having a factor. Maybe Joe Mixon as well, somewhat, right? His situation. So, the Bengals have a lot of questions. Um, you know, they were expected to be much better at, at this point. And maybe still early. Let's turn it around. This was one of the most winnable games that they had on their schedule. And see them come short and, and not be able to keep this game competitive enough was a little bit of a surprise. Um, so they got a lot of things to figure out. I'm heading into week five. The Jaguars defeated the Atlanta Falcons in London, twenty-three to seven. Calvin Ridley scored a touchdown against his former team. Trevor Lawrence played considerably better than he did a week ago against Houston. Um, you saw. The running aspect of it be a good thing. The defense for the Jaguars was was really solid as well. They just never let Falcons generate enough explosive plays. And the Falcons offensively, they're looking for answers because you've seen flashes of Benjamin Robinson do well, but once again, it comes down to it comes back to Kyle, you know, Kyle Pitts and Drake London, and they're two extremely talented players that have games where they score and they have games where they don't. And Desmond Ritter, right now, he's looking a little bit off, right? He doesn't seem like he's fully playing as close as he should be. Now, yes, this is his first full season as a starter, um, but you expect to see improvement week to week, and for whatever reason, they just cannot seem to convert when they have to, kind of fall behind a little bit. You know, you just don't see... Um, the arm talent fully come through when it needs to come through in some situations. And so Arthur Smith's, you know, going to have a tough decision here soon enough. If Ritter can't turn it around a little bit offensively, um, you know, they're going to have to make a change. Uh, now, could be early for that because, you know, he's had some time to his offense. But you look at this Falcons team, where they are at the season, um, you know, they have a shot that they can just put it together a little bit, right? The Saints don't have Derek Carr right now for a little bit, right? And then you have the Buccaneers who are ahead of you. you know, you're in a good spot to compete for the division. And so quarterback play hasn't been hasn't been the best. The offensive line obviously is having its issues here and there, but you gotta see Ritter connect a lot more in this offense with as playmakers, and you're just not seeing it enough, you know, it's one of those things where you expect to see a lot more better things, you know, from there, and I think you just look at it, um, I think in this game, I think the Jaguars had a pick six, right, against Desmond River, um, you know, and so there's that, and the turnover thing, the, the three turnovers for the Atlanta Falcons aren't going to get it done in a football game. Um, you know, so I think that the Falcons had to clean up some mistakes. 
protecting the football. They've got to feature the running back, Vinder Robinson, a lot more than they've had so far um, because they aren't getting it done. Um, and they've got to change it up a little bit if they want to be better starting into week five of the season. The Baltimore Ravens um, easily beat the Cleveland Browns 28-3. Looking at this, I was not aware that Deshaun Watson was going to be out. I think it came down to a game-time decision. Unfortunately, he was ruled out with a a shoulder injury, which he suffered an injury, I think, last week. So, for the Ravens, they really just had their way with the Browns in terms of just being able to run the football a little bit. Lamar Jackson did his thing. You saw Mark Andrews score a couple of touchdowns. Um, the Browns just never had a rhythm offensively. Uh, they obviously had um, in Dorit Thompson, I think, a rookie starting this game. And uh, you just didn't see the Browns producing a big plays. The Ravens defense just kind of stayed as the ground, played better. Uh, you saw Lamar Jackson do more things in his offense. Um, it's slowly coming together, but the Ravens still have a bunch of injuries, right? They've got a bunch of injuries still on their their wide receivers, their offensive linemen. So, I mean, the Ravens aren't at full strength, but they're finding a way to get it done. They're putting up victories. Um, and it's just going to be interesting to see how the Ravens continue to play throughout the season when they do get back some of their other players on offense, right, with Bateman, Beckham, um, and a few others, how, how they will look then. Um, but the Ravens are controlling it. They're looking better. They're getting the victories that they need to get. Um, and I think Lamar Jackson has, has played well and will continue to play well if, uh, once he gets more and more talent back around him. How about the Rams and the Colts game? Uh, quite a finish of that one. The Rams winning 29-23. to 23. Um it was a really interesting game. I mean, the Rams got out to a big lead. I think they were up 20 to nothing. And then the Colts rallied with Richardson obviously returning after missing last week with the concussion. And they were just made some big time plays. This Colts team did fight. And they've been very competitive uh, early on this with Shane Steichen as their head coach. Uh, you saw Lam- uh, Richardson battle back, you know, have a touchdown. I think ran for one. Uh, the Colts competed really, really well. They got after it. Um, but for the Rams, right, they don't have Cooper Cup right now, but they have another wide receiver and Nakua. I'm saying his last name now because it sounds more cool. He he's emerged as one of their best wide receivers so far this season. I mean, he had a big time game. He scored the game winning touchdown overall. Um, the Colts. The thing for them is like they get off to a slow start in a lot of these games, and then they kind of hang around. You know, and try to keep it close. And they just weren't able to convert on some key opportunities in this game. Uh, and the Rams kind of did, right? And that's what it came down to was just kind of having that one possession or so where you can kind of put together a drive or so. And the Rams did that compared to the Colts much better in overtime. Uh, so the Rams definitely responded to obviously had a tough loss last week. They looked much better. Stafford played to his strengths. Obviously, he's always played well indoors uh, for most of his career. So, um, a nice win for the Rams. The Colts are a team with Richardson that definitely has a promising outlook. You just want to see how well they continue to develop talent 
and surrounding the talent around. Um, and, you know, you want to continue to see this offense elevate and play well. And I think Richardson is definitely showing some good things. And, you know, just want to see him kind of put it together more and more as they get into um, in the later portion of the season itself. The Broncos uh, rally to beat the Chicago Bears. 31-28. Gotta say, this game was a lot more interesting than I expected. Uh, It looked like the Bears were going to go ahead and win this game because they got off to a great start. Justin Fields was playing extremely well. Probably the best game he's played all season long. Um, But it all did not fully come together in the second half, right? You saw... uh, DJ Moore and Justin Fields hook up for a touchdown. They pulled Komet, you know, Herbert. Um, but you look at the game, how it went. The Bronco, Broncos battled back, right? Russell Wilson made some plays. Um, continued to show some good good offense. Right, Judy had some big-time moments. McLaughlin, the running back. I mean, the Broncos uh, were, were determined not to let this one slip away or get embarrassed again and they played like it you saw them get after it defensively in the second half much better um you know they made Justin Fields um you know and they got a fumble off him I believe um in the third quarter or so and I mean they just rallied you saw big plays being made the Bears just offensively didn't, didn't have any answers after playing well for the majority of the first half and to the third quarter a little bit. They just did not recapture that that rhythm. Their defense obviously gave up some plays. The offense made some mistakes as well. Um, you know, and you saw just the experience that was Sean Payton come to play right that they were able to drive down the field, get Mr. for a field goal. Um, so, I mean, the Broncos, I don't know. They did not play like a perfect game, but they were able to come back and finish this game off correctly, right? Um, but the Bears just kind of fell apart. You know, they stopped doing some of the things that they were doing on the first half. The Broncos had answers for it. And Justin Fields got to be better with the football. You can't turn the ball over, which is, you know, especially when you're up and trying to protect the lead. You've got to play more better. I think they got a little conservative a little bit. I think that there were some, you know, some sequences where they could have been aggressive at points. Uh, but give the Broncos credit for, for stepping up and stopping their execution. Uh, it was just really a game in which the tail of two halves, right? The Broncos were outplayed the first half. You know, Fields was having his way. With, he had a total of four touchdowns ultimately in this game. The Broncos kind of settled down and they, you know, were able to defensively make adjustments. And the Bears did not make adjustments. And that's something that Matt Everfluss is in a, in a tough spot. They're own four now, the Bears are. And, you know, it's no doubt going to be really tough for him to continue moving forward as a coach because, you know, it, it is early in his tenure as a Chicago Bears head coach, but defensively, they don't look that great. Offensively, you're just not seeing the development fully come there. And, you got to lead. you got to protect the football. you got to be aggressive still. Um, and you got to be smart. And the Bears are just not being smart, um, you know, in terms of 
like they had a turnover on downs, a fumble that Justin Fields had for touchdown. Like there's a number of things that the Bears, as a coach, you know, you have to be able to keep your team, um, you know, motivated and stretch. And they just did not do that as well as they hoped to, and that's why they ended up losing at home once again. The Buccaneers uh, beat the New Orleans Saints uh, pretty easily. Baker Mayfield and this Buccaneers offense responded, played much better. Uh, the Saints obviously had Taysom Hill in there, um, which is kind of a little surprise. But, um, I mean, without Derek Carr, the Saints just weren't able to offensively do a whole lot. Um, you know, you didn't really see big plays be made. I mean, the Buccaneers just kind of controlled this game from the start, made some plays. Uh, their defense stepped up and, and then had to step up. Uh, so just more of a performance for the Buccaneers in which they kind of controlled the game to their, their pace, their liking, uh, and they really kind of put, put it together and beat the Saints to get this this key uh, win in the NFC South. guys want to continue um, picking up where I left off in the last segment continue to recap week 4 of the NFL 2023-2024 season so let's get to it, the Minnesota Vikings picked up their first win of the season against the Carolina Panthers um, 21-13 to I believe was the final score of that one um, something close along those lines I believe um, wasn't an overly impressive game for the Minnesota Vikings, um, but they got what they had to do. They made the more plays than Carolina and Bryce Young did. Uh, you saw Justin Jefferson catch a couple of touchdowns, um, and for the most part, Minnesota wasn't challenged at all uh, in their secondary. Um, you know, by the Panthers. The Panthers obviously don't have that number one wide receiver. Now, Adam Thielen's a nice player, very solid in what he does um, in terms of, you know, being a veteran, providing the, you know, things that he can. But hey, look at him, look at DJ Clark. You know, they're not your number one wide receivers uh, that you can, you know, count on, on a daily or game basis. And that's an issue of a lot of teams. Something they're able to obviously overcome that, and a few others can't, and that's the problem with the Carolina Panthers. Is that Bryce Young, Frank Reich, this this Panthers team just haven't been able to put together a full, complete game on both sides of the ball to win, um, and that's why they're winless. It's just because they just had a little bit of a tough schedule, but they've also had some games here and there where they just have not been able to fully capitalize on possessions or key series and Bryce Young continues to look better and better if you give him time in the pocket he's great um, but you're not seeing it all come together for this team overall and they've got to find ways to change it around sometime soon or <laughs> late because you know they are a young team that has a good defense there's some talent there um, and they did obviously have that pick six against Kirk Cousins in this game. Um, but you just look at it, um, the Panthers only got 
you know, a six, you know, pick six, um, and maybe, you know, a couple other possessions added. But other than that, they just uh, had turnover on downs, right? Two field goals. Uh, that's where their points came from, right? Two field goals, and that's about it. And so they've got to be able, as an offense, generate much better production and you see guys like Mingo and a few others try to be great but Panthers need more talent on different sides of the ball and that's their biggest issue right they had more they had McCaffrey before and with new regime new players it hasn't jailed yet for them the Buffalo Bills uh, won at home to the Miami Dolphins I was wrong about this game I thought that the Buffalo Bills would lose the Miami would come out and want to make a statement uh, but the Bills were the one who delivered the statement once again. Um, they obviously have recovered from obviously that first opening loss against the Jets, and they've rattled off, uh, I want to say now, three straight victories. Um, you saw Josh Allen do what he does best, uh, make plays, not turn the ball over. And that's the thing that probably, um, you know, was kind of talked about a lot. Not even by me, by other, by other uh, things as well. Like, obviously, people were talking about Josh Allen and, you know, how he can play sometimes a little bit recklessly. And, but so far, in the last few games or so, you know, granted, you know, you got Washington and you got the Raiders um, and now you play the Dolphins. Um, you know, he's played smart football, he's made big plays. Stephon Diggs had a huge game. Um, this defense. Uh, came to the challenge, right? They were able to limit this Miami Dolphins offense to some degree. Um, sure, Miami had, you know, Devon McCain had over 100 yards rushing, uh, but they kept Tyreek Hill mostly in check in this game. They kept Tua from throwing over for more than two touchdowns, different touchdowns in this game. Um, they, they won a turnover battle against the Miami Dolphins. That was the biggest key in this game, um, but also they kept them from converting third downs, right? You hold you hold the Dolphins to three of ten on third down, you, know, you get four sacks. Right? Stefan did, as I mentioned, he had three touchdowns in this game. Um, so the Bills were able to, you know, pull away at some point uh, just because of you know, how they were playing and getting more drives at it. Uh, they really attacked this Miami's defense, uh, defense quite a bit. Um, and you saw the Dolphins just not be able to sustain uh, enough momentum to keep it a close game. And granted, Nick Waddle was back and still getting to different things. But uh, this was a game that the Dolphins, you know, kind of got takes their own medicine a little bit in terms of the speed. Play that were Buffalo was making all the plays, but Miami was not making those plays. And Buffalo turned those possessions that Miami didn't score points into, you know, ball control a little bit, um, getting the ball, you know, attacking the secondary. I mean, they took advantage of the Dolphins' cornerback spot, right? And now you want to see now what happens if Jalen Ramsey does come back, you know, will that secondary be a little bit better? Because one side you have, you know, an all-pro corner and Xavier Howard. The other side, you know, really know what you have there if you have the Miami Dolphins in the back end. And so Buffalo kind of exposed that and was able to win this game pretty easily towards the second half. 
going back to how week four uh, did start, um, that was with the Thursday night football game. The Lions winning um, 34-20. Uh, the Dolphins, oh, sorry, the Dolphins, the Packers just never uh, were able to find anything after that opening interception that left some points. Uh, it was all Detroit Lions and Jared Goff and Montgomery. Uh, mostly Montgomery making plays, right? Uh, had a big touchdown performance in this game. Um, I mean, they accounted for 400 yards of offense. Jordan Love had a, one of his most rough days, probably as a starter, you know, throwing two interceptions. Um, the running game was non existent for the Packers. The defense made some mistakes. Uh, so, Lions got to a slow start, but after that, they kept on scoring against the Packers. And the Packers tried to make it a game late, uh, but it all, you know, the, the Lions had an answer. Right? Derek got an answer. Darren Campbell was better. So, for the most part, you saw the Lions play like, like they were supposed to play. Uh, you know, they're beating the Packers now a couple of straight times in a row. So, um, very impressive win for the, for the Detroit Lions. Um, they are a team that you think has you know, the look of being a, a solid contender possibly this year in the NFC. The Packers, despite this loss, they still sit at 2-2. Two and two. Not a bad spot to be in, but they've got to get more out of their offense. Uh, just their running game. Uh, that's a big, big key for the Packers' success going forward. They've got to help that defense out a little bit more than they have in the last few weeks. With the running game, has to has to start to emerge a little bit. Uh, they got can't, they can't put it on, on, on Jordan Love just yet. Yeah, he can make explosive plays with his arm here and there, but you know when you put too much on his plate, uh, you're gonna get turnover performances like this. Um, I think that the Packers have to get back to fundamentals next week or the week after um, if they have any shot of trying to keep pace in the NFC North and trying to compete for a playoff spot. Some of the other teams. Um, how about the Eagles and? Washington Commanders game. That was a pretty good game overall. The Eagles remain undefeated. They took this game in overtime 34-31. to 31. Um, Sam Howell did uh, have an impressive performance for the Washington Commanders. Uh, he really kept them in this game big time. Uh, with some big plays, especially on some third downs, some key situations. Um, the Eagles... You saw Jalen Hurts do his thing. A.J. Brown had a big game with a couple of touchdowns, a bunch of receptions overall. Um, I think Brown had like 125 and two touchdowns overall. Uh, but this game just came down to um, just getting it done. And the, the better team, the better talent ultimately got it done. The Eagles, right, they uh, found a way to put up uh, and, and enough, enough, you know, in overtime to get in field goal position, and then they took advantage, and you know, the game-winning field goal was made. Um, I think the Eagles, although you look at this game, they could have played a little bit better in the fourth quarter because they were already up, and they kind of didn't uh, play the clock situation, the situation quite right as they should have been. They were a little bit too aggressive, in my opinion. And they ended up giving. In the Washington, a big chance uh, with the end of tying the game. So, I think from a game management standpoint, towards the end, it was a little bit rough. Uh, but the Eagles do what they do best, right? They put the ball in Dylan Hurts' hands. The guy who obviously 
got the contract, got the success. He made the plays when they had to make plays. Um, and look at Washington. You look at what they did in this game. Very impressive um, for Sam Howell. It's a good sign of things to come. He can play this way even more throughout the season. Um, but it's going to take, um, you know, a while to see what he's actually going to end up being. He may have a chance to be starting quarter the rest of the season. He will get a fair shot for Washington. Um, and I think that the commanders, um, just look at how they played and what they did. Uh, this is probably one of the better games they've played probably against the Eagles in recent memory. Um, so hopefully they can keep, keep that up uh, and surprise this season more uh, as the games continue. The Chargers ended up winning at home 24 to 17. Um, look at the Chargers. I mean, they are starting to find ways to just win, win the games that are supposed to win. Right? This was a much, was a very important, uh, this was a very winnable game, I, I want to say. Uh, just because the Raiders obviously are a team that, yeah, they got some talent on the outside, they got some solid players, but. You know, you don't trust McDaniels enough, right? McDaniels hasn't proven to be that type of coach yet for the Raiders in his stint here so far to get them over the hump, right? Uh, they've been struggling here and there of getting things done. Um, Leo and Mack had a huge day. The Chargers defense had a huge day. Uh, I think Mack accounted for six touchdowns. This defense of the Chargers got three turnovers. Um... Raiders were just awful on third down, one of 11. Um, and Herbert did have a little bit of injury with his non-throwing hand, but he made enough plays to win the game um, for the Chargers. Their running game was was solid. I mean, the Raiders kept it how they could keep it close, but once again, right, they are really inconsistent with their offense in terms of like running the ball with Josh Jacobs and then trying to playing it, you've got to be able to execute on the money down, just throw down. And the Raiders didn't do that enough in this game, so the Chargers got themselves a, a, um, a very important win, and a one that sets them up pretty well in terms of where they are in the standings and trying to compete. Um, you know, They just have to continue to show more consistency as an offense. I think if Harbrook gets a little more healthier, uh, he's kind of fling the football the way he is to Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Um, although I know that obviously Mike Williams went down with the injury last week, uh, but they got to continue to feed the ball in different spots. And Kellen Moore got to keep this uh, offense kind of more balanced and going forward uh, to be solid. Dallas dominated New England, uh, thirty-eight to three. Um, just look at. How Dallas played. It wasn't really much of a game because New England offensively couldn't really do a lot at all. Uh, Cowboys capitalized on two turnovers, one pick six, one fumble return for a touchdown. Uh, Mike Parsons was all over the place. Zach Prescott did what he had to do. Down CD Land, I think, for one score. Uh, the Cowboys kicked a bunch of field goals, but they constantly put pressure on New England's defense. Uh, put up points. Uh, for Mac Jones, this was a rough day. You know, they just could not get anything going. Plays weren't made as well. Um, and definitely for Bill Belichick was a, definitely a frustrating performance altogether. 
um, as the Patriots fall to one and three. Um, just look at it. Dallas is doing what they can. They're getting um, good production from their defense, their offense a little bit. Next week, or I guess in week five against the Niners, will be truly a big time test to see, you know, how well their depth, their secondary holds up uh, against San Francisco. Uh, but uh, they took care of business against Dallas, against New England um, after having a, 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 a bad performance last against the Cardinals. Uh, it was good to see the uh, Dallas not let their guard down and play up to their standards as they play at home and got the win. The Niners defeated the Arizona Cardinals 25-16. was a pretty interesting game. Josh Dobbs and uh, some of the young talent for the Cardinals kept it close in uh, game with Connor. Uh, but ultimately, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey kind of sealed this game. McCaffrey had a big performance. Purdy stepped up late. Nines did just enough towards the end to stretch the lead a little bit, get a couple of scores. Um, and they, they kind of took care of it from that standpoint. Uh, that brings me to the Sunday Night Football game. Kansas City won 23-20 over the New York Jets. Uh, surprisingly, the Jets played really well. Offensively, Zach Wilson probably had one of his best games probably thus far this season. Ultimately, they did have a key mistake, a fumble, you know, exchange between him and the center, uh, which allowed the Chiefs to kind of pull onto their lead. There were a number of really tough penalties the Jets got called for. They kind of hurt their chances. Um, but overall, the Chiefs kind of just uh, played to their strengths and got a couple of big plays. Mahomes uh, did have a little bit of a struggle here and there. Um, you know, but Isaiah Pacheco had a, had a big game on the ground. Um, and as I said, the game was tied, right? Zach Wilson made some plays. This offense made some plays. Uh, defense, you know, had a safety, a couple of interceptions, but it was just tough for the Jets because they could not execute when they had the ball, you know, down a few points to the Chiefs to be able to drive into position to tie the game or kick a field goal or, you know. Um, so it was almost a, a good performance for Zach Wilson, but not good enough. You know, as Chris Jones got that fumble recovery. Um, but all in all, the Chiefs remain... Um, you know, out of their standing, the Jets fortunately fall to one and three. Um, and no doubt it's frustrating uh, to see the condition of the New York teams right now and how they're really playing. And speaking of that, the Giants uh, were very hopeful they would find a way to be really good against Seattle uh, yesterday night, and they proved that, that all wrong in a matter of. Uh, you know, a couple of quarters or so as the Seahawks uh, defeated the Giants, I think, 24-3 or 27-3, something like that, um, on Monday Night Football. The primetime woes continue for the Giants as they've been outscored by their opponents like a, by a big margin in primetime game. Daniel Jones wasn't able to overcome anything. Uh, this did not make and right now, if you look at it, like Daniel Jones isn't living up with the contract. And this was the 
downside to Giants giving him the contract and everything. Just because, yes, he deserved it last year because he took, did, you know, he took a gamble. You know, the Giants made a gamble, right? They didn't franchise tag him. He had a big season last year. You know, won a playoff game. Give him the contract. And that happens, right? Now, Saquon gets hurt. And without Saquon, Daniel Jones hasn't been able to do anything right. Um, yes, he was sacked a number of times yesterday. Some of them were his fault. Some of them were the offensive line's fault. But you've got to be able to make plays. You know, Seattle... You know, they haven't been an all-worldly secondary just yet. Um, they've had their games recently. They have struggled to give up a number of points. And the Giants just cannot seem to generate big plays when they need to. Um, you know, this has been an issue with the, with the Giants, right? It's just been the lack of a, a true wide receiver, number one, number two. And you haven't seen Hyatt fully emerge yet. You know, you haven't seen Waller be that great either um, at times right Paris Campbell Shepard you know you just don't see the Giants doing it offensively as well on the perimeter and on the, on the side and like I said Daniels had a pick six in this game uh, which was a bad throw and then the just the number of three and outs were deflating for the for a defense that saw themselves on the field quite a bit uh, they just could not do anything and it was all together like a pretty bad performance. I don't know how much of you know, you can say to Brian Dable. Um, there were some things that he could have done better coaching wise, but it's kind of the execution and the Giants without Saquon, uh, they can't seem to get anything right done, as I said. So hopefully he returns soon because their schedule gets any tougher from here. Um, and I don't really see a path right now of them being able to compete for any playoff spot if they cannot find a way to win on the road. And that's going to be the next challenge is that, yeah, their only win this season has been on the road. Um, and now they're going to Miami, going to Buffalo the next couple of weeks. Um, so they need Daniel Jones to step it up because this is not what he's supposed to be doing. You're expecting a number of better things from him. Um, and he made a bunch of mistakes that really ended up costing their chances and winning this game yesterday, especially early when they were down 14-3 to three, um, or so. Man, you just got to be able to make some plays. Um, the offensive line, like I said, deserves somewhat of the blame, although as well, that you've got to find a way to overcome that. If you're paying that much, if you're giving that much ownership of your offense in the second year, you've got to be able to convert opportunities uh, or make something happen, uh, or draw penalties or stuff like that. Uh, that didn't really happen as well as it should have happened, and that's why they ended up losing um, this game. So there you have it uh, for week four of the NFL season. Uh, looking forward to uh, looking forward to week five and previewing all those games. I will have an update the pick record. Hopefully, that time I will preview week five. I do hope to go into some NBA uh, soon enough. As that season, you know, NBA season will kick off. Um, hope to kind of bring that back a little bit to think of things as well as some other notable stories. Um, so stay tuned. We'll try to keep you interested and engaged as much as I can. And once again, thank you for listening to another episode of Real Sports Talk. Bye, Naraj. Bye. Have a good day, guys. Take care.